Weekly is the show where we talk about video games every single week. I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm Adam. I like video games. Do you? Yeah. What? No. They're good. Really? Uh, and this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by two of my favorite sponsors, MeUndies and Skillshare. We will talk more about them a little bit later in the show, uh, but b believe me, I will go on at length because I'm a big fan. Before we get into all that, the all-important question that we have to ask at the beginning of every week, because it is the all-important question. What you been playing? Uh, I'm a little behind, but I'm still playing God of War, and I'm playing another game I don't think I can talk about yet. I might be able to talk about it next week. Next week, I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but you're excited about that one. Yes. Are we allowed to make guesses? At no, I cannot say. Detroit. Who told you? <laughs> we don't have that kind of relationship with I, PlayStation. I, just, I wish. Just throwing shit out there. That would, Dark that, Souls that remastered. That would be too easy. <laughs> so who, do you have inside sources? <laughs> do you work here? So, uh, Gus, did you play the previous God of War I've never played a God of War game before. What made you pick this one up? Uh, I don't know. I felt like it's a series that, for some reason, I just missed. I've always had a PlayStation. I don't know why. I never played this franchise before. Uh, I felt like maybe I missed the first one, and then by the time the sequels came around, like I just couldn't, didn't want to jump into it. I remember uh, the first. That's totally my fault. The first couple games, the um, I don't know if it was the marketing or if it was just the the way the community talked about it, but it was very much like, uh, look at this hyper violent, crazy. It's like with the chains and killing all the dudes, and also you have threesomes. Yeah. That's mostly what I heard about it, and I was like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, but maybe I'm gonna play. I'm gonna go play else. like Final Fantasy or something over here. I mean, the previous games were all about how angry he was. Like they were just like he's pissed the whole time. Yeah, maybe was, I lacked the angst. I, I don't know, but there was something about the the early ones that uh, I I missed for that reason. Hmm. And then and then more of the games came out, and I like you. I felt like. I'd missed, you just missed I'd it. Missed like it was a franchise you'd missed, yeah. Yeah, and like that was just gonna be my life mm -hmm. until this one yeah, came out I'm, and very similarly was like, I'm intrigued. I'm loving it. It's a fucking amazing game. It's a good it's jumping so, on point. So good, yeah. And I don't feel like I've missed anything for not having played the previous games. Right, just I like, feel like kind of word of mouth knowing stuff. I mean, that's that seems adequate to cover the the, the game for the most part. But. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple moments in there that seem like they would be more impactful mm -hmm. if I had played the previous I could, games. I could think of like one thing, which is like towards the at the very end, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's there's a couple like moments that seem like they're really made to just hit fans really hard and yeah. I could still be that's cool and I feel like I know what's going on here but they I don't have that emotional uh, history mm -hmm. with those moments to to really get the big hit yeah that's but they a, were still cool moments yeah that's a damn good game I kind of wish that so in the, in the in the game they have multiple realms that you just can never go to mm -hmm. and I want to know what those realms look like, and I want DLC, but they're not going to make any DLC. Uh, yeah, when I saw those locked off realms, I assumed that they would be DLC. Yeah. But then went and looked at it. Yep, no plans. This is a like, complete game I, already. I, I think, Here I you go. I forget what his quote was, but Corey Bar Barlog said something like he wanted to deliver just a complete game yeah. all at once. I, I, which, you know what? Is. I'm happy to not have kudos. those realms because kudos yeah. to that. Kudos. That's great. Buy this game and support it. Yeah. <laughs> not that we need to tell you that. It's, the game's fucking selling like crazy. Yeah, no. yeah, it's doing really, really well. What was it? Uh, a billion million? That's a I'm billion pretty sure million? That's, a, that's about what it, it was. Uh, it topped 3.1 million units in just the first three days. Yeah, so it's doing great, mm -hmm. and deservedly so. It's beautiful, tightly designed, the gameplay is pretty good. There's a learning curve to it if you aren't used to the um, memorizing 
the, the style of gameplay where you kind of need to memorize an enemy's signals for what move they're about mm -hmm. to do so that you know how to avoid it. Yeah, whether to avoid or use your shield or, yeah, yeah. Just, just the timing of all that stuff. But it's it's fun. I mean, it's just really a fun game. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it that hasn't already been said. Fun game, well-performed. Uh, I saw there's a video going around uh, of someone got the... Uh, the voice actor mm -hmm. to Christopher Judge. Christopher Judge, who is wonderful, to do dad jokes. Oh, that's hilarious! And so, <laughs> and then they, and then they, you know, plugged him into the game. So it's basically like uh, there's one about like stairs going all the way to the top. I don't remember that, exactly, but just like the really was, stupid. The joke was, jokes. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. There you go. Uh, there we go. Solid dad that's joke. Ten out of ten. Would dad again? Yeah. yeah. So it's fun to see all those, um, all the. All the different videos going around, like the the boy compilations. Mm -hmm. I was talking to uh, to Ryan uh, a little bit earlier, and he said his stream kept track of all of the the boys and got up to like 170 something. Nice, great. So I want to hear a boy remix. A lot of boys. Yeah. They should auto tune that, and it could be a whole thing. <laughs> it's a hit viral video yeah. coming to you in next week. Imagine you could cover any song with all the boys. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, but yeah, fun game. Good, good, absolutely. Thank you. It's great. Um, I finished my time with The Witcher. I'm done. I, I didn't complete complete every game. I did a good chunk of side quests and everything, but I've completed the main story. I've completed the two DLCs, and I'm putting it down for now. It's about 130 hours. Well yeah. done. Just putting it aside, but like that's, I, va that's value. I have so much to come back to. Like there's so much left undone, especially in like. Blood and Wine and uh, and the main game. Hearts of Stone didn't have that much content, but Blood and Wine and, and the main game still have like probably another 150 hours worth of like just side content to do. Wow, I mean that's that's a lot of side content. It's insane, um, but it's really. I was super happy to do it. I'm still reading the books. I'm almost done the second book. Uh, I'll probably continue on to the third book. How many books are there? There's seven. So the first two are short story collections. Uh, the first one's like 10 to 15 minute short stories or 10 to 30 minute short stories. The second one's like two-hour short stories, so you get like probably like four or five throughout the, the course of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the, the five books are a, an actual like series of okay. novels. Um, so, excited for that. The, the books are great. Like, really, really great. Um, I, at some point, I'm going to go back and play The Witcher 1, but I'm waiting to see. There's, there's a mod that currently uses The Witcher 3 engine to remake at least the prologue to Witcher 1, and I don't know if they're planning to like continue that throughout the whole game. That would be a huge undertaking, but uh, maybe that would be a thing I could do, like when it when it's all wrapped up, I could play through with the mod to make it a little more modern. Yeah, as far as I understand, they don't have any plans to remaster the mm -hmm. earlier games, but given that it seems like Witcher Three really broke the series out, yeah. it was like it did well with Witcher One, it did better with Witcher Two, and then Three kind of went bonkers. Yeah. So I would be interested in seeing them do some sort of remaster because, as I understand it, you go back to Witcher One and. You can see the roots where it all began, yeah. but there's it's a it's not nearly as polished. I tried playing. I think Witcher One was like 2007 somewhere in there, and I tried playing it in uh, Witcher Two launched in 2011, and I tried playing it right before Witcher Two launched, and I was I had trouble even then. So I imagine going back now it would be kind of painful. Yeah, but it's something I, I do want to do. It's also a longer game than Witcher Two. It's like 50 hours or something like that, 50 60 hours. So it's a it's a significant game. Did you see? Have you ever seen that image that floats around the internet of uh, CD Projekt Red's E3 booth in 2004? 
Yeah, is it the one that's a part of another booth? Yeah, it's just yeah. like a little corner. You listened to broadcast? I did. It's okay, like great. a little table, a chair, yeah. and like a black and white poster that says The Witcher. It's just yeah. this and beautiful, like, humble beginnings kind of thing. Dude, listen. You well, should... yeah, and it's amazing to see. You know, the, I just looked at this story that was written in 2016. Their, the shares of the company, their market cap is like $1.34 billion. Yeah. So to start from like something that small and just like in a few years, Go, grow it to this level. Yeah, they're, it's, it's incredible. Amazing. You should uh, you should all watch. Shout out to Danny O'Dwyer, no clip documentary on The Witcher. There's like a it's like a five part series. Yeah, so this is the uh, this so, is the beginnings of The Witcher. So great. Is those are the I know exactly where those are. Those are the the private meeting rooms. Yeah, mm -hmm. we had one. They have yeah. Well, we um, the first year no the second year we did our uh, E3 stream with YouTube. We were in three of these. Yeah. And it was, it was, that was a very tightly packed tight, year. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was cozy, but we were in this concourse room. It's in between the big halls. It's quiet. It's very air conditioned. Mm -hmm. And they're just these, these private little rooms where they do these demos. And it's usually like the smaller, like the, let's like maybe like an indie developer who's not ready to show too much yet. It's behind closed doors only. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a big build and like yeah. getting lost on the floor here. It's, you know, a, a, a lot smaller, a lot more one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it's still ridiculously expensive yeah. for what that looks like. That's, it's ridiculous, uh, but the, it's the the most affordable way to show something at E3. Prior to uh, this, and they talk about this in the documentary, prior to this, uh, the founder of CD Projekt Red, I think his name's Marcel, he was- uh, Is it uh, Marshawn Avinsky? Something like that. You're, you might be on the point. Um, he started off by importing games to Poland and like reselling them by uh, like like making copies of them. So he was basically like pirating games and just, you know, like, <laughs> Jesus. Marcin, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I'm not great with my Actually, pronunciations, I think, I but I think it's Marcin Ivinsky. Marcin. Marcin. Yeah, something like that. Um, I've sorry saying, if I I've been saying it wrong for ages. You're, you're awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's such an interesting origin story for them. Uh, but that's Blood and Wine. Did that. Done with that for now. Super happy I played it. Uh, you'll be happy. I started Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, it's so good. It is a lot better the second time around. I okay. restarted. Um, I'm only a couple hours in. I just became a seeker. Um, but I'm paying a lot more attention, so I'm more invested in the story already. Okay. So that's a good sign. The so story's amazing yeah. uh, in that game. Do you have a PS4, PS4 Pro? PS4. I, I Every time I play a PS4 game, I'm like, I should get a PS4 Pro, but then I'm like, no. Because... It's, I'm, 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 by the time I decide I want one, I finish the game. Like, it's over. It's fine. So um, we we bought a pro for Horizon. Yeah, I, it, I can imagine why. If you're thinking about getting a pro, Horizon's definitely a reason to do it. It's a uh, it's if, if it wasn't so three hundred dollars, I would consider, it, but four hundred dollars is so much money for a console. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So we I've I've learned something. Uh, we bought a, a pro specifically for HDR. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean the, the 4K as well, because we have a 4K TV, and we're like, great, HDR will be awesome. But both Xbox and uh, the PS4 tell us that we can't do HDR. This TV, we got... Um, Does not support we HDR. Got maybe, uh, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And I was like, I don't understand. There's no way we would buy a 4K TV without HDR. That would have been a silly move for us. What the hell? What did we do wrong? I found out that it is probably our receiver. Oh, you're running Apparently a, a lot of receivers yeah. don't yeah. pass through uh, a, an HDR signal, so we're gonna have to get a new receiver. Well, that's more than or a TV you in could a lot plug, of cases. Or you can plug the PS4 Pro directly into the TV. Just bypass the receiver for that. But then we have to do the same with the Xbox One. Yeah, you have multiple ports. 
Yeah, but the that, sound That's what I do. I, the sound system. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you, you like, it's, 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 I mean, it's You can run a fiber optic right. cable I bypass, your receiver. I bypass the receiver so that HDMI goes directly to my TV, and then I run optical out from my TV back. But your TV, as long as your TV supports 5.1 audio coming out, because sometimes that optical out only outputs stereo. Uh -huh. We're getting a little technical here, but it's about video games, so bear with us. So just read up on your TV and see if it has uh, fiber optic out. You might be able to get like 5.1 or 7.1 out. Okay. Um, you, and so you might be able to bypass it that way. Okay, I will try that because I'm, I'm kind of upset about it. Mm -hmm. every, every time I try and go and enable HDR and then it reminds me that, no, you suck too much. Yeah, and no. I'm like... That's funny. So... Trying to resolve that now. I didn't realize that receivers would restrict that. I figured they would just pass it, the no. signal straight through as is. Yeah, it's um, but it seems weird that it would hold me back like this. Yeah, don't appreciate it. Yeah, no, I understand. But that. I, it, I think it is an older receiver. It came with the house. Oh, yeah. so yeah. Okay, well, that's all right. Uh, that's a yeah. good. That's a good house. house yeah, place. but that's a, that's a learning thing for sure. <laughs> Didn't know that that was. A it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to like plan for technology stuff. You don't always know what's going to come out and what's what's going to be important. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I got one other thing to talk about. What? So I talked a lot about my setback last week. So I wanted to try it out in VR. So setback sent me a backpack, which is it's just a normal backpack, but it has a, a pocket for the seated subpack. So you can just slot it in, you strap it on, you look ridiculous. Um, and that's me, all set up can to we, play. Can we bring oh this my up? God. Uh, can we actually bring this up full screen? There we go, that is beautiful. All, all set up You to, uh, look like such a dork and you look was, so happy I was too. having so much fun. Uh, so backpack, headphones, VR headset. Uh, I was playing Beat Saber in VR. Oh my God. Now, Beat Saber is now the highest reviewed VR game of all time. It's the highest right? reviewed game of all time. Obviously, those, that sample size is a little smaller, but it is the highest reviewed game on Steam of all time. Really? Yeah, it's the number one Steam game. Amazing. Yeah. Um, why is why does it deserve that kind of review? I, I don't. I don't think it's the best. Like I don't think it's the best game of all time. No, of course not. Uh, it's fun. Let's just throw it out there. It's a really great game, though. Um, so, the, if you don't know what Beat Saber is. Basically, you have your controllers are lightsabers, uh, and you're in VR. They're beat sabers, and um, they're throwing basically boxes at you. And each box has an indicator on it of what color, like which way you need to swipe from. That's me playing, looking like a real idiot. Um, but basically, the, the like, arrows cool indicate dude. what air, what air, what what way to sli slice from. And basically, it's just sending notes your way, and the music is all uh, custom to the game, uh, or designed for the game, and it. Feels amazing to play, and the songs are a, a jam, dude. Like so you're like a music Jedi. Yeah, they're really fun <laughs> to play. Um, and there's obstacles you have to dodge. Like you can see me bending over here, um, and it is it is a workout, dude. Um, like no joke, it's it's you're, tough. You're already a sweaty VR dude. Uh, yeah, no, I already get sweaty in VR. This is insane. Um, I'm getting tired just looking at the video. Yeah, no, I'm in like a lot of pain today. My, my legs <laughs> really, really hurt. From uh, doing your squats? Mainly from the squats, yeah. Like, I'm not like, my knees hurt, so squatting sucks. But when I was playing the game, I didn't feel pain in my knees. I just felt happiness. So the so game's was, uh, 1999. It's 20 honestly, bucks. Yeah. It's 100% worth it. So basically, if you've got a vibe, you need to... It's, you need it's to one of those, those must-plays. It, um, must it, it only has 10 games. <laughs> Gus, our new segment, only has our ten, new channel. Only has 10 songs, um, but all those 10 songs are designed for the game, and they, they work so well, and they're so fun to play, and all of them are, like, such good jams. Um, the difficulties, not all over the place, but hard is really easy. I can get almost 100% in every song on hard, but the moment you go to expert, 
everything it's, changes. It's nuts. Um, there are parts that you can't, you can barely see like what's coming, and you just gotta go and hope you get it. Um, so I hope they add a practice mode to the game. I hope they add some more of their own songs. They are adding custom songs. I'm not sure what the status of them adding more of their own songs is, but that game is damn good. And uh, having the sub pack on made it so much better. And that's how much I sweat. Uh, that's a lot, <laughs> dude. It was insane. It, it was a long cooldown period, and that was only like I played for an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half. It was nuts. I uh, tried your sub pack out. Oh yeah, what do you think? It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. better than you think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it really. Shakes you to the core. Yeah, it 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 moves you. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, the God VR is so much fun. Uh, you know, my next goal in VR is to maybe try out uh, Battlezone, which is a tank game, because I want to do Hotas VR sub pack and just have a good time. I love peripherals. Fucking dude. Elite Dangerous, man. I did. I did play Elite Dangerous. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, a while back we uh, were looking at the overall VR sales figures, and they seem to have um, like like fallen off a bit. A lot of the early adopters hopped on. PlayStation VR is obviously got a great install base; it's doing really, really well. But the overall momentum seems to have slowed. There's a lot of people, I think, waiting for price drops, mm -hmm. waiting for the technology to improve, waiting for the must-buy games. Uh, and we were discussing that the, the the fad part of VR, that that being like the initial like excitement of like this crazy thing is over, and now it's got harder work to do. But it's games like Beat Saber that are going to be really good for it. Yeah, dude, <laughs> so much fun. Everyone should try to play Beat Saber. If you have a friend with Vive, go play it. Yeah, and it's so it's Vive only for no, now. Is it Vive only? Is it? That's I, what I'm no, asking. Uh, oh no, I think. Um, I think it's every supported headset on Steam, and I think, I'm not 100%, but it might even be on PSVR. It's uh, a Vive, Oculus Rift, and Windows Mixed Reality for now. Okay, so, but Windows I think it might be, is it coming to PSVR? I heard someone mention that. I'll check uh, it out. Uh, if I'm perfectly honest, looking at you play it, I kind of don't want it on PlayStation VR. Because it's not as responsive? Yes, okay. specifically because of the Move controllers. If you're having to step side to side and having to squat the experience that I've had with PlayStation VR so far has not been quite that specific in tracking movement. It is coming to PSVR in the next few months. Yeah. Oh, you can already play oh, God, it on other platforms for now. Yeah. I really hope I, I, I kinda, they do something. I kind of see where you're coming from, because you need like pinpoint one-to-one -one motion for this. Like It can't be mm -hmm. phoned in or at all like latency or not matching, whatever. Yeah, what I really want for the next iteration of PlayStation VR is the headset's great. I, I dig the headset. Uh, would like, obviously, you know, better resolution and mm -hmm. field of view and all of that. That would be really great. But what I really, really want for PlayStation VR to improve is they need to get rid of the move controllers. They need to, they need to update that tech. Uh, I think the move controllers are okay. It's the PlayStation camera. That could use some work. Whatever that relationship mm -hmm. is between them, that needs to be different. You need to like solidify that. It's maybe. funny, like I, when I played with the Move back when it like first came out, there was that like the, I think it was like uh, sports game where you had like gladiator and I was felt that the friends. one that you would have like the you yeah like, you had the, the bow and thing. you had like a sword and I was like look how one to one it is and like I felt like it was one to one back then but I guess it just was it wasn't as good yeah. as I thought it was. It's like it's like when you wa were younger and played a game with shitty graphics and you're like oh my god Dude. it's amazing it it's looks, realistic. This is the most realistic thing I've ever seen. How will they then ever top you, this? You, you get to play something better yeah. and better and you look back you're like oh it wasn't as good as yeah. I thought. I remember thinking 
thinking that with Mist. I remember the oh, first yeah, the God. first time I played Mist, and it came up in your uh, for, there was the the opening uh, animation, and then you're on this dock. And I was looking at that going, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. You could hear the music. And it was, at the time, it was rendered frames. They didn't come out with the Mist 3D or real Mist or whatever until way later. So it was just, you can click and then turn this way. And now you're looking at a different still frame. Right. Yeah. And everything, you know, was rendered static. But it felt like, at the time, the most beautiful game I'd ever seen. I mean, seen. well, you gotta compare it to the time, like, what else was out there? I think Mist came out in 95, and you compare it to, like, Doom, which was 93, 94. Yeah. And Mist looks way better than Doom, but Doom, you could were actually, like, moving around right. in and, and, and finding things, whereas Mist, like you said, was mainly just static. Yeah, and then I remember EverQuest came out, and I, I played that the week it came out. I'll never forgive that Babbage's employee for selling me on EverQuest. I was in buying Lands of Lore 3, and they were like, oh, you like that kind of game, huh? You might like this game that just came out called EverQuest. I knew nothing about it, had never played an online game, just saw my, the boobly elf on the cover and was like, I will take it. Did they tell you about the subscription before you went in? Nope. Oh, damn. That's so I, I, I got home, logged in, did the tutorial, and then it threw me into the, the shared world, and I was just like, everyone in this game is a person. Dude, that, that was the reaction to MMOs. I would like bring my dad in and be like, Dad, look at this. See all these people? They're real. They're, they're people. They're real. Those are people. Yeah. That's not a computer, that's a person. And from, from that moment, I was lost, just like straight into it. And I was running around in this world and it was so huge in scale and so impressive. Yeah. And uh, I zoned so slowly because I was on a 486 that I tried to overclock to 333. God. <laughs> nice. What? To 333? Okay. <laughs> it was the fastest 486 in the world. I'm convinced of it. I didn't even have a... God, what were the old graphics cards? There was AGP and PCI. No. AGP a was, AGP would have been after this. You were probably looking it? at PCI. I was... Yeah. I was... Definitely on the not new hotness. Because this would have been like the, the first late iteration, yeah, yeah, of graphics cards. You're probably looking at like, a, like even then it was like you probably had a dedicated 3D card that didn't do 2D. So you had like a 2D card for your desktop stuff, and then a th separate 3D card for your games. Right, and yeah. yeah, I remember I I went and it was like a, one of those like voodoo extremes, but I had to get like they had the new hotness version, which was whatever the new interface was. I I didn't have that, so I had to get like the old and busted, like mm -hmm. not as good you version. Got, you probably had a PCI one. Yeah, and uh, that that's how I learned PC building. Mm -hmm. I had like a 500 megabyte hard drive or something ridiculous like that. <sighs> if it was even that. I don't yeah. even know if it was it that. It might have been like 500 back then. I might have, I might have ended up like stealing, uh, my mom wanted a computer. The reason I got the 486 is because she was gonna get like some new compact or something sweet like that and got a hard drive for it and I was like, she doesn't need that much space. <laughs> so I took the hard drive and like put my hard drive in her PC. Look, she never noticed. So she, I was right, she didn't need that space. It's awesome. I certainly did. You got games to play. I did. Yeah. But that's how I learned uh, PC building. Speaking yeah. of which, we, uh, um, we uh, I guess we've got um, some uh, friends of the show from a uh, Corsair and MSI who are sending us a bunch of PC equipment to do a PC build. Awesome. 
They because we've talked about it on the show a couple times. I don't know if we'll do it as glitch please. We did the Labo episode a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and it wasn't really audio friendly. And I, I guess it's, like our they're, they're they're a tad slower paced, so maybe we do a dedicated video for it somehow. But uh, we'll we'll definitely do a PC build. We're gonna have the hardware for it. It's gonna be dope, and everything that Corsair sent us lights up. Dude. So it's gonna be. Like it's gonna be the brightest. They, they sent they sent a lighting controller and like uh, they they sent fans to replace every single case fan. It's gonna be ridiculous. And that like there's a, a mouse pad. The mouse pad lights up. Yeah. This is gonna be the most ridiculous, ridiculous PC of all time, and I'm really excited about it. We're gonna make it Christmas colors. It's I've got red and I've green. got a mouse pad at home that lights up. Yeah, I'm ashamed to admit. Why are you ashamed? It's cool. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm all about like cool lighting. My my speakers project light under the back walls that match the, whatever's mm -hmm. on the screen. So That's pretty neat. Like full immersion. Well, um, I have an admission to make as far as what I've been playing. Mm -hmm. um, First of all, I started Pillars of Eternity 2, which just came out. Oh, what do you think? Uh, I'm very early on, and I can already tell I'm looking down the a very deep rabbit hole. This is going to suck my life away. Great. Which is going to be difficult, because I don't have all that much life at the moment to suck away. Mm -hmm. We're doing, uh, I'm working on a lot of our E3 show planning right now, so that's going to be great. You should absolutely tune in for that. Uh, but... I've also been uh, playing while well, I travel because last week I was at the YouTube Creator Summit in New York, and so for the travel I took my Switch, playing the Stardew Valley. Of course, right as, as you do. Right as the multiplayer came out for PC, and I'm trying to get Gavin to play with me, but his laptop is Mac, so he only plays Stardew Valley on the Switch, and the multiplayer beta isn't out for the Switch yet. That's so. That negotiation's not going great, so I'm trying to, to convince Bernie to play with me. <laughs> And so far, he's resisting as well. I don't know what's wrong with people. Why? But uh, I have one other game that I've been playing. Stardew Valley's not available. Yeah, it's available on OS X. Can I play with someone I uh, don't know. via Steam? On, oh, I, so that's, I have that's to imagine you could. I have to imagine you could. I might just gift him a copy on Steam. He's like, not going to play now you have He's never going to bother. That's not true. He <laughs> might. You're right. He probably won't. Um, but either way. I know. I need, I need this. But I've been playing another game, too. I started playing Persona 5 again. Oh, God, why? <laughs> this is, one, because this is a platinum run. Okay. But two, because um, I am I'm supplementing my, like, my yoga retreat stuff uh, and all my stretching with treadmilling. Okay. So I decided to start Persona 5 as a treadmill-only game. I cannot play it unless I'm on the treadmill. Oh, so it's like the carrot and the stick. Yes. Gotcha. So far, it's been very motivating. It's working great. I did like three and a half hours one day, and wow. I couldn't do anything the next day because I had blisters on my feet. Oh, God. But I'm so far, I am 60 miles in. Jeez, that's so I'm, awesome. I'm kind of like, all, like measure oh, by that's miles. That's a lot. Yeah, it's fucking walks, dude. And I'm only on, I'm barely to the second palace. So I'm going to get a lot of miles out of this game. Can't argue think that. About it. That's great. I've already walked more than two marathons while playing this game. That's great. And you don't think about it. Like, you don't notice it. It's a good game for it because uh, some people may have better hand-eye coordination or separation of their motor functions than I do. I have a lot of trouble playing first-person or over-the-shoulder stuff because I'll walk myself right off a treadmill. Sure, of course. Mm -hmm. This is... Like because you're controlling the character from further away, and there are a lot of elements that are closer to visual novel, where you're uh, you're reading or you're going through a lot of conversations and you're not moving. I can just get myself absorbed in that, and 
play through the game. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's been fantastic. That's really cool. So yeah. I, that's that's my shame. I'm not. <laughs> all right, all your new fancy new games are dumb. I'm going a year back. That's that's fine. You should you should add to your workout regimen. Try Beat Saber. Because holy, fuck. I should do that, dude. It's insane. I should it's, do that. We we've got a whole vibe set up. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really fun like I, kick your ass kind of game. I just had to go back and verify something. Going back to your earlier topic, uh, I confirmed that the multiplayer beta is also available on the Mac as well. Yes, it's, uh, okay. It's currently available on a PC, Mac, and okay. Linux. Maybe um, this can happen. This could this could be. So have you ever looked at? There's a VR bicycle that. You are right. It's basically an exercise game where you're on this an actual like stationary bike, and in the game there's like you can play as like an eagle and you're flying through rings. You kind of got to lean like just it's just like a, a ploy to get you to ride a bike. It sounds they, awesome. They should have, have a survival horror game where there's zombies chasing you, I and think, then sometimes a fast zombie shows up and you got to pedal faster. I think right, they have, like it could like, be like an offshoot of zombies run, right, exactly, like exactly zombies bike. They have they have like a bunch of different games that go along with it. And I was like, this is great. I would love to lose some weight. I love VR. It's a stationary bike. Perfect. But you have to get the bike. Yeah, that's fine. It's like only like, like I say only like 400 bucks. It's like 400 bucks. But well, if you're going to get a, a bike but, to work out anyway. Yeah. yeah, but what if I've already got a bike to work out? Well, then you should be able to use that. No, you can't. Why not? Because that's hooked up to your computer. It's a USB bike. <laughs> oh, um, my God, you're right. Shit. Uh, but... But the, I'm not. The, I'm not doing. But that. The, the downside of that bike is that the weight limit is like 250 pounds, which what? for me that's like ideal weight. So I couldn't use it until I'm healthy, which is garbage. So up your weight limit. But when yeah, I buy that, two bikes, that is that is and my goal. Sit half on each. <laughs> half cheek on each. Yeah. That's my goal. Like once I once I hit my goal weight, I'm gonna get one of those to keep up. Cause that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, that, that does sound. That sounds nice. Yeah. I'm digging it. Yeah, dude. I I really like video game exercise, like. Beat Saber, Audio Shield, very fun. I never did any of the like the Wii Fit stuff. Mm. I'm sure that was great too. I did some of uh, on Xbox Connect. They had a couple of different games. I know Ubisoft put out a game. Uh, I'm pretty sure Nike put out a game. I think it was Nike. And there were like there were a couple of different fitness games, and they were pretty great. I liked. I think Ubisoft's I quite liked. Of course, Connect is not a thing anymore. Right. So uh, I haven't. I haven't really tried that so much in years. Yeah. Well, I guess moving, there's just they're, dance. They're moving Connect to the cloud, though. They had that weird announcement this week. Um, yeah, but what does that mean? It was full of nonsense buzzwords that I didn't really fully grasp. It seems like, I don't know if this is a news topic, if we need a segue or anything, but it seemed like they were going to shift hardware manufacturing to OEMs and third parties and then allow them to access Connect API functionality via the Azure cloud. Well, a lot of the coolest things that they that were done with Connect were hacks that were done with for like PC or other applications. Like there were, I remember people put like a Connect on a Roomba and it could like navigate around and people were using them in like uh, like hospital rooms and mm -hmm. they could do like this it, the 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 camera for Connect was actually pretty sophisticated. Mm -hmm. It's just that the the it never really caught on for gaming. It's a hassle. Yeah. Uh, I really liked, what was the puppet game? The the Western puppet game. That was oh, fun. oh, oh. Um, yeah, the Gunstringer. Gunstringer. Yeah. I enjoyed Gunstringer. That was a lot of fun. But overall, it just, it didn't hit. But they did really, really cool stuff in completely yeah. unrelated fields by just hacking the shit people, out of connected PC. People used PC. them as 3D scanners. You could scan objects and bring and just, trans like, they'd become 3D models. And 3D scanners are expensive. 
Yeah. Like very expensive. So it was it was pretty cool. Uh, and if they're gonna just turn over those APIs and make them accessible, I think that's great. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but uh, we there are a couple of topical things to discuss this week. First up, um, some stuff with Nintendo. But uh, before we get too far into that, let's talk about your underwear situation. Because this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by Me Undies. I am wearing today. I am wearing green army men. They're one of my faves. I'm wearing bananas. Nice. Well, their uh, their underwear this month is or this week this month is watermelons. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So you can get some melons if you want. Pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like melons. Seriously, me undies are a lot of fun. They're the perfect balance of comfortable fit, and every month they've got the new and exciting prints, and they arrive at your door in a fun bag. Again, this month that's watermelon. Me undies uses lensing micromodal in their underwear. It's sustainably sourced, naturally soft fiber that starts with beechwood trees and ends with the most amazing fabric you've ever had up against your junk. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Me undies guarantees you're going to love their undies or your money back. And you can keep the underwear. They don't want those back either. <laughs> MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, when you purchase MeUndies, any pair, you get 20% off and free shipping. MeUndies is so sure you're going to love their underwear. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You get a full refund and keep the underwear if you don't love your first pair. This is a no-brainer. Get 20% off a pair of the most comfortable underwear you will ever put on. To get your 20% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash glitch. That's meundies.com slash glitch. They have taken over my underwear drawer. Same every, here. Every uh, every Same now and again, um, they'll just send a big shipment because they, they sponsor a lot of shows here at Rooster Teeth and um, one of the, the sales girls will bring around, I call her the underwear fairy mm -hmm. because she'll bring out, she'll be like, here's your underwear and she'll just like hand me a pile <laughs> of underwear in the middle of the office and this is not a weird thing and we just go, yay! <laughs> and then I carry around a bunch of underwear in my purse until I go home and then I've got uh, uh, more underwear and it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Everyone uh, likes underwear. Yeah, everyone. Ever look? Everyone likes and needs underwear. Most so like this underwear. is pretty dope. Most don't, most don't people like underwear. No You're shame right. if you don't. That's fine. You're right. <laughs> if you if you don't get in the anything, that's cool. That's cool. But if you do, they're dope. All right, let's talk about specifically Nintendo Switches Online, which they detailed this week. We've known this is coming for a while. Uh, when they first released the Switch, we, they had plans to release their Nintendo Switch online service in 2017. That didn't happen. They delayed it. It is now coming out September of this year. Mm -hmm. At that time, all of your online play for uh, Splatoon or ARMS or Mario Kart, whatever, will require this service. It is a subscription of, uh, best case scenario, $20 per year, or it ends up being like, uh, hold on, I've got... I've got my notes specifically on it somewhere because we did a, a breakout as well right after mm -hmm. they um, announced this. But it ends up being like more than a fifty percent discount if you do yeah. The so if you, it's, it's four dollars a if you do it monthly, yeah. so it would be like forty eight dollars if you did it every month. Yeah, you can do it one month, um, and that's the the, the $4. four bucks. You can do it every three months, like quarterly, and that's seven ninety nine. Yeah. Or you can do twenty for the year. There's also a family plan which they haven't specifically detailed, but they will very soon because they're, you can start putting together family groups on May 15th, which is only a couple days away, where you can have up to eight people in a family group and a family subscription, uh, which is offered only annually, is $34.99. They haven't detailed what 
how that's going to work. I feel like there have got to be a couple catches because uh, otherwise I everyone, would just find everyone a would bunch be a family. And, yeah, we would all sign up together. So um, a Polygon just put out a, a big roundup of uh, all of the features associated with the Nintendo Online. Great. So we can direct let's, people to that as well. Yes. Um, the the overview is I'm going to pull this up. Is that it's that's where their online play is going to be. Uh, you will continue to have access to the their sweet smartphone app that everyone loves. Everyone loves it. No, no um, one's ever complained for your about that. Voice chat and for your um, matchmaking and all that. And special features. Yeah, special features. Uh, and it will also it's going to be have cloud save support. Mm -hmm. So just saying, we called it. We figured that Nintendo hadn't said anything about cloud saves at all, and we I kind of figured they might make them part of this service. Kind of sucks. So I say they're kind it, of good extorting you. There's no free way to back up right, your data. Right, they're kind of holding them hostage. Uh, but they are at least going to have a solution. And um, what else? You want to talk about the NES games that are going to be available to play? That's the big thing. Yes, that's the one everyone's most excited about. They're going to have 20 games excited to play Excited about launch. and upset about. And they've only announced 10 of them so far. Right. So it's all of your favorites. Well, Super like Mario Bros. 3 is on there, so that's a good one. Like Ice Climber, Balloon Fight, Soccer, Tennis. Oh, soccer's really good, dude. Uh, Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, Dr. Mario, Super Mario 3, and Donkey Kong. Right, so that's 10 of the 20. Yeah. What this also means is Nintendo is not bringing virtual console to the Switch. Correct. Previously, when they, uh, when they, and it was either when they announced the Switch or like unveiled it or uh, released it, there was talk of virtual console. They're no longer doing that. And that's caused a lot of contention, but they're, I think they're, they're but that, but that's there's like, more to it. Virtual console is a, a branding. It's, it's, a, it's a name for a service. It doesn't necessarily mean they're like they're clearly bringing uh, like emulated games to the Switch. They're starting with NES and they're going to add more to that. The, this doesn't mean that they're the, not going to bring SNES games. The problem is, and I'm going to play devil's advocate with you here, is that with Virtual Console, you could buy a game and keep it and continue to play it. The way they're doing it, you have to maintain your subscription. And if you let your subscription lapse, then you can no longer uh, play it. And, and I, what I, if they I, want I to rotate some games out? I don't, dis I don't disagree with that point. But they're. They haven't said. They, they just said they're not bringing Virtual Console under that banner. They didn't say that this that these free games with their service is the only way you're going to get uh, virtual like uh, emulated games. It, it, this is just the current way that they're talking about. So like, they haven't totally ruled out uh, emulated games outside of the Nintendo Switch Online. I think Nintendo knows that their back catalog of games is it prints money. Prints money for them. <laughs> And we saw it with the NES Classic, we saw it with the SNES Classic, and honestly, they seem to be going more with the Classic branding now. So mm -hmm. I could easily see them putting up on the eShop games under a Classic label. Just say, here's, you can get Super Mario Brothers Classic. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would pay 10 bucks for Donkey Kong 64. 10 bucks? 10 bucks, dude. Yeah, that game was great. All right, all right, Adam's willing to pay you 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Uh, you know, and, and in the past, yes, people have complained about the pricing of a lot of the virtual mm -hmm. console games. Definitely out of whack. That they're very expensive considering the age of the games and so on. This does kind of make it so if you were to think of the price of Nintendo Switch Online and the NES games as the only factor in there, you'd be like, okay, so uh, that's a dollar a game for the, yeah. the year. You know, if you keep a subscription for a second year, suddenly they're each $2. 
Unless they release Unless more. they release more, which I'm sure they will. Yeah, they but did say that they're going to add new games to the service regularly. Yeah, so. but they haven't detailed... What does that mean? Yeah. Right, they haven't detailed what regularly means. They haven't detailed what the other 10 games that are going to be available at launch are yet. We'll probably hear at least a couple more of them in a month at E3. What do you think is going to be the most played game? It's definitely going to be Super Mario soccer, right? Soccer. Or tennis. Soccer. Yeah, tennis. Yeah. They um, they do have a cool thing that they're doing with the uh, online service, which is each of those NES games will have online functionality. Mm -hmm. They will have multiplayer oh, uh, cool. online. How that works exactly will depend on the game. Sometimes it'll be taking turns with someone, pass the controller. It's like style. Mario, just trade live, like every live someone else plays, it sucked. Sure, or you know, like here's Luigi's turn now. And it's, it's, you, know, it's a, you know, it passes I off to someone that. else online. It would be cool if it was almost like a musical chairs kind of thing where everyone who's there has to hold a controller and you can play with people who are also have to hold a controller and every now and then it's like switching control in three, two, one. Oh, that'd be funny though. And then like the next person that'd has to like cut to it. I think I think Nintendo has a, a a pretty compelling reason to like make this service at least initially seem like a good value, like by adding a, a bunch of games because like it all they're doing right now, like it feels like they're just taking away a service that's already free. They're just taking away so online play. I think that to, in order to win people over, I think that they have to not only present the twenty games, but I think like for the the few months after launch, I think we're going to see like a reasonable amount of games added, hopefully. To, to get people to buy their service. It's true, but Adam, you're also assuming that Nintendo will do the smart thing. Totally. And totally. Uh, while I think they they did a great job putting out the Switch, that was a bonkers year. I think they nailed the, I think they nailed the hardware. I feel like they nailed the launch lineup. They had a good cadence of games continuing to come out. Basically, you'd you'd spend some time, you'd finish a game, and then the next game. From specifically from Nintendo would be coming out soon, mm -hmm. and so you'd have something to look forward to, so they could try to daisy chain you along from one game to the feel next. That way right now. It does not feel that way right now. No. Uh, so they had a smart year. Yeah. Last year, however, Nintendo has never been great at the whole online thing. No, they don't have a great track record with that. We got a new yeah. CEO now, right? We got what? New CEO. Oh, correct. Yeah. yeah so younger. More in, more hip, more with it. <laughs> Although I think Iwata did a great job yeah. with uh, with the role. Some things. And so I'm I'm can't count on Nintendo doing the smart thing with online. It's just never been their strong suit. They continue to make weird choices. They've still got what friend codes. They've still got uh, the, the phone app. app. <laughs> yeah, that they're they're you know they're so sensitive about about online experiences that they will make them bad instead of risking that they be bad. Yeah. They will they will make them just like opaque and inaccessible. Yeah. Instead of risking trash talk by a stranger. Which I get, they've got a reputation they're trying to be very family friendly. Sure, okay, fine. But it is so difficult to do anything online with the console that that the smart thing doesn't seem like the thing that will absolutely happen. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I'm actually getting kind of excited about Balloon Fight. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like looking at a screenshot here, like, oh yeah, I want to play some Balloon Fight. I, I, could, I could get into that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I want some. Uh, I, want, I want them to do some SNES emulation and, and give me some Donkey Kong Country. So well, can... that was like, and that was like a golden age. There were yeah. so many great games. Again, most of them are available via SNES Classic now. But yeah. they've already got them, you know, emulated and working. So I would think those would be the sort of the next wave mm -hmm. beyond NES games. You'd think. We'll hope. We'll see. Maybe yeah, we'll yeah. see. Um, but it is. It is. I mean, at least it's a low price point. It's 20 bucks for a year. You get the 20 games, you get the cloud saves. I, I would really like to see them provide some other way to back up saves. Just, yeah. just put them on the damn SD card. Right, cards. you have an SD card. We, we basically all had to shell out a bunch of extra money for an SD card anyway because even at launch there were third party games that were bigger than the uh than the, the storage, storage that we yeah that they came with so yeah. we basically all had to get sd cards anyway just put them on that i guess uh, they're not because they're worried about tampering people or people hacking them or i finally yeah. i finally bit the bullet on my sd card situation because i didn't have one for the longest time and how <laughs> I bought a, a couple key games physically, like Zelda mm -hmm. uh, was physical, and but when I downloaded Bayonetta 2, it was like you are never going to have enough space to play this game. So, time to time to buy an SD card. Wasn't there a game? Which one was it? That like even if you had the physical version, you had to download so much data. It was that... a launch game. I want to say it was a sports title, like a FIFA something like that. Smart. Yeah. There, was, there was some, there was some game where you, uh, who is it? Here it is. Uh, a game that required more. Trying to figure it out. March was it? Oh, 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 LA Noir digital version is 29 gigabytes. And the Dragon Quest Heroes was another one. The physical ver even if you have the physical release, it requires a 14 gigabyte download. What? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, cool, that's going to eat up your 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 drive that's, space. That's what I want to do: is go out to Best Buy, buy a game, come home, and download 14 gigs. Yeah, good stuff. times. Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at that with just about any console anyway, with day one updates. Mm, I guess. Yeah, overall, from what I see, I see a, a, a forum thread here on Nintendo Life where someone broke down as of November 2017 the largest Nintendo Switch file sizes. The biggest one was LA Noir at 27.4 gigabytes, Resident Evil Revelations 2 at 23.6 gigabytes, NBA 2K18 at 23. Doom at 21.3, WWE 2K18 at 20.3, and then it goes down from there. Okay, so I am remembering incorrectly, then, is basically what that comes down to. But regardless... We'll forgive you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Regar regardless, they need more storage space. Yes, like and since we all have to have an SD card, please, please, please let us back up saves somehow. Encrypted whatever i just want whatever, whatever I, I feel like we need a way to back it up Wait, but i am works. grateful that there will be a solution so if something happens to my switch you i don't have to start over on everything right that's the big fear yes that, that's been a, a constant terror i remember um a few months back um uh, tim Geddes from kind of funny mm -hmm. left his switch in a taxi oh god and that was basically like that that moment of realization is everything's gone. Mm -hmm. More recently, there were third-party docks breaking switches. That's cool. You're not getting those saves back. Love that. And so, like, those those kinds of things are just continuing to happen, and it's, it's, a, it's a real fear, real yeah. scary time. Especially because even with cartridges, it's not saving the game data on the cartridges, it's saving them still on the Switch. Mm -hmm. So I will be grateful to have a solution of any kind, even if they are extorting me for it. <laughs> Great. Are you going to get it? 
the subscription? Do you think it's I worth will. the twenty bucks? Yeah, I probably will. I mean, it's a like the PSN or PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold are each sixty. Mm-hmm. So I feel like pricing it at a third of that makes it seem more reasonable considering how much more limited it also mm-hmm. is. Yeah, and it, yeah, I'm and you know I have all of those. Just I feel like I play enough games where it, there will be enough value there for me. Also, because I like Splatoon. I like Splatoon online. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How about you? Can I get it? Only if there's something to play at the time. If like if it comes out and I, I assume it's going to come out around the time Smash Brothers comes out, maybe. No, you think we're going to have Smash that early? I we, think they're going to. We need te- we need a reason to. They're, they're we gonna, need we need a reason to buy the service. They're going to test the service before Smash. That, like I think launching it at the same time as Smash Brothers would be a huge mistake. I, I think that there will be a small gap. Like listen, if they launch the service and there's no games to play besides games that are like two years old and or a year old, then who's going to care? Ah, but here's the thing: if they launch it and not as many people care, and they can get the service up and running, test it, maybe work out some bugs and yeah. then launch Smash and deal with an influx of users once they've smoothed it out. I feel like that seems like had, maybe easier. They've had an extra like a year. They've had an extra year to work on this service. Like hopefully have it down by now. I don't know. I expect them to have something to play at launch that's newer and exciting for people. Yeah. They don't want to launch the service and have no one use it. Maybe they do. Maybe that's Nintendo for you. Uh, Who knows? Fingers crossed that it that it goes well. I just wish they would find out find some solution better than the phone app well, for online and for voice chat. The other thing is, like, it's not like we, we aren't playing games online right now, so they've already had that to test, to your point, Gus. Mm-hmm. Like, there's already a ton of, there's already a ton of people playing Mario Kart, there's already a ton of people playing Splatoon, like... Yeah, we don't know how... Well pay, that, paying for online doesn't really change the fact that the service... We don't, we don't know how that integrates with what their future platform's gonna be, though. It could be a whole new platform that they're launching. Mm, yeah, they haven't really said yeah. if they're improving it at all. Yeah, but overall, Pretty interesting, um, and that's coming in September. We do have a couple of other news items to talk about, um, but before we get too far into it, I also want to say thank you to Skillshare for sponsoring this episode of Glitch, Please. Uh, we've talked about Skillshare before. They're a really awesome service. Um, I actually have used them a bunch. Um, it's a learning, an online learning community with more than 20,000 different classes, and it's like across like design and photo, more. I really like the writing ones. Uh, a premium membership gives you unlimited access so you can improve your skills, unlock new opportunities, and do the work you love. Skillshare believes in accessible learning and the price reflects that. An annual subscription with unlimited access is less than $10 per month, making it one of the best deals you can find for online education. Usually that's really expensive and you have to buy a ton of books and they're also really expensive. Books are expensive. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed, uh, one, I did some of their premiere editing stuff uh, because I do uh, you know, a bit of video editing. I've also taken some of their creative writing classes. Um, they've got here, I'm going to bring up just looking at their website, they've got a ton of different categories um, design business technology photography entrepreneurship film um, I've done a couple they've got a uh, like a like a 10-day uh, journaling challenge for creative writing they've got like a really cool like writers toolkit class for setting up habits because I keep I like I you know I do dabble in writing just on my personal time um, but they've got uh, Customizing type, um, so like creating word marks and stuff if you're creating logos, mastering Illustrator, um, how to build branding if you want to create your own business, um, mixing music, uh, ink drawing. There's 
a ton of different things that you can learn on there and it's pretty cool um, and they've got a bunch of different levels as well so they've got ones that are like really great for beginners or if you want to get into uh, some more advanced stuff you want to brush up on skills that you uh, that let get rusty they've got all kinds of different stuff. And since Skillshare is sponsoring this video, the first 500 people to use the promo link in the description will get their first two months free to try out, risk-free, so you can just cancel whenever you want if you've learned everything there is to learn in the world. Um, sign up now to receive a two-month free trial. Go to the link below to start the trial now. Don't wait, start learning today. Again, it's the first five people to sign up will get your first two months free. And it's uh, the URL is skl.sh slash glitch5. They're great. They yeah. like they they've got a lot of really cool stuff, and also because because I've I've got it and I go through things, I'll just be like, that looks kind of interesting, yeah. and do a class, and then I learn something amazing. Why not? Yeah, I'm gonna be so smart, y'all. Super smart. We're looking forward to it. All right, let's talk <laughs> about some of the other news that's happening. All right, one of the big things that has happened uh, in the last couple days is. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. Um, they're doing an Infinity War crossover with uh, with Fortnite. Yes. So Thanos is now in the game. There is on the map somewhere someone can pick up the Infinity Gauntlet, turn into Thanos, and you get all kinds of like crazy abilities and powers. All the videos that have been coming out have been really funny, just like ridiculous clips of, of Thanos doing ridiculous stuff. All of the memes that have been going around, a lot of fun. What's weird about this to me is that Fortnite has made no secret of ripping off like every popular property ever. Like, well, you know, pretty much all of their dance animations are from that's, different that's videos common, and clips and everything. Uh, you know, they were very openly like, hey, we saw what PUBG did and decided to just do that. And so they, they ripped stuff off all the time. But they decided what, like, Disney was the first one that they were like, Let, we should make the official things. Like, we have to license this or else they're well, going to sue us Disney, Yeah, Disney's got... Disney's known for uh, litigation <laughs> and for having a huge team of lawyers. Yeah, Plus, I guess... I think also they want to strike while the iron's hot, you know, make it official since Infinity War just came out and have, you know, possibly co-branding and co-marketing so that uh, both both parties pitch in. Yeah. And that's cool and everything, but if, you, if you're going to do this, just... Maybe credit all the stuff you rip off. I mean, uh, I, like, everything's ripping off Battle Royale. Battle Royale is just a, like a game type. I don't think like not even not even the the game type because what they did when they said we're going to do Battle Royale, they did say um, this is really based on what PUBG did. We really like it, and we'd like to do something. Um, along those lines. Sure. So they did credit that, but there's all kinds of like the different like emotes and things they put in the game that they just put in. But those, and that's the beginning and end of it. Almost every MMO that has like an emote system is taking dances from YouTube videos, from popular. This called like a reference or an yeah, homage. It's, it's or just something. like a, yeah, it's an homage. That, that's that happens everywhere. I don't really see this as ripping off. I think it's it's cool that like Marvel was cool to do a co-marketing thing with with Fortnite. I think it's awesome. They, 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 like they have to have the team capable to to handle this sort of stuff, and I think Epic does, and that's great. I guess that's true. I just, I don't know. I, it feels like they're happy to capitalize on other people's stuff and promote it where they feel like they're going to get more out of it, but take it, like take advantage and not credit stuff elsewhere if they don't feel like it can do anything for them. Well, I mean, 
Like, what are you thinking of? Like, uh, like I, 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 I've got to admit, I, I'm ignorant here. I haven't played Fortnite Battle it, Royale. It's mostly, it's mostly the, the different emotes. They're mm -hmm. pretty much all from like different source material. Mm -hmm. But I just wish they would surface more, like what it is that they're referencing, like where they got it from, mm -hmm. and just to you know, if they're going to be like good internet citizens. Hmm. I don't know. If like, they're, they're going to do it here, why not do it everywhere? Uh, maybe the other ones. Maybe the emotes aren't as big of a deal. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I'm trying to. I'm I mean, trying to like see the other side here. I mean, you're, you're right. They're not as big a deal. This is like a like, whole like, like branded have, crossover. G games have like thriller dances in them. Games do like like MMOs copy like the like WoW has like a Napoleon Dynamite dance in it. Like that stuff's really common to just you just throw it in there as an homage. You don't need to say like it's the Napoleon Dynamite dance. At least I don't think you do. That's true, uh, I think, but a lot maybe, of them also don't do gigantic branded crossovers. Yeah, I think maybe the 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 frustration here is because, you know, Fortnite was a game in development for so long, that was one thing, and then when it came out it really didn't make any waves. So then they adapt this battle royale mode, which is popular at the time, and now that's all anyone knows about the game. Yeah, that it's it's the game that succeeds by taking from Taking a little bit just, from everything. It assimilates. Yeah, it, it does assimilate, that's true. And oh, maybe I'm overblowing it, I just thought that based on all of the different well, things that Fortnite has taken from, that only doing a, an official thing with with the, the biggest, hottest property is obviously very, it's very advantageous for them. It's working, people are posting videos and content uh, uh, just across the board and it's uh, obviously very, very popular, but I feel like they could also give back to some of the things they take from. It really makes me think of um, Ready Player One. It's just like, uh, like all this pop culture stuff coming together in one place where everyone's hanging out online, you know, in a not necessarily a virtual world, but uh, a game world. Yeah, that's true. Uh, ben says that the idea for the mashup actually came from one of the directors of Infinity War, Joe Russo. According to Entertainment Weekly, the Russo brothers would pop in and play games of Fortnite during downtime on set and while editing the movie. Uh, Joe reached out to Epic Games Worldwide creative director Donald Mustard to get the ball rolling on a mashup. So has Battle Royale, has Fortnite Battle Royale been out that long? I assume Infinity War would have wrapped a long time ago. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure they've done reshoots, and oh, okay. that was also, it was a really long process, I think, for, for production, because they did so much of Infinity War and Avengers 4 together. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I think they're, they're already wrapped on uh, Avengers 4, right? Like, it's all done. Yeah, Except well, for maybe probably some reshoots. some reshoots, and they've got a bunch of special effects, but otherwise we'd be waiting more than a year to get it, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad there's only a wait until... Only a year. And, uh, yeah, only a year wait until we can wrap up that storyline, because yes. that was a very intense movie. Yes. The Battle Royale for Fortnite was released September 2017. So. September? So it came out... Wow, I can't believe it came out that long ago. I feel like it's something that was this year. It's been out for a while. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it started, uh, it started really, quietly. it started picking up steam, I want to say like November-ish, mm. uh, and then and then really picked up, uh, but because the, yeah, they did it like with six months after PUBG came out. They're like, hey, we got this. We can do this. Easy. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting seeing like when it first came out, people were like, yeah, it's, it's actually not so bad. It's not so bad. And then like as time went on, people were like, people are really liking that game that just like exploded. Mm -hmm. It was nuts. Yeah. That is kind of interesting and cool, though, that the that the, the Russo brothers reached out and wanted to do the crossover. That changes it a little bit for me mm -hmm. from they weren't from, taking from Fortnite, right. yeah, like just trying to latch on to the cool thing and a little bit more into this coming from the other direction. Yeah, mm -hmm. that okay. 
That makes it better. That makes it, that makes it, yeah. But I still would like to see Fortnite acknowledge a lot of, more of its sources, but I'm going to back off on that one. All right, let's talk about, um, there was a, a, an EA call with their investors. Uh, they were talking quarterly numbers. And part, one of the things that they uh, unintentionally revealed uh, was the um, PS4 and Xbox One hardware sales numbers. Mostly, and it was this was done indirectly, but specifically they were talking about uh, the, um, the overall install the, base. The install base, and we have public numbers for PS4 because they've announced them. Um, but yeah, when you're winning, of course you announce the numbers. Right. Well, you know, and, and, and last has. generation Microsoft was all about like Xbox 360 mm. numbers, 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 and this generation they're like, we don't need to share those numbers. I don't think they've shared them like in two years now. It's been a while. It's been a very, very long time. So all we have is sort of guesstimates. Mm -hmm. um, and there was this earnings call with EA, and they talked specifically about um, this was a, a spokesperson uh, who said that uh, what is it? Turning, our, turning to our expectations for fiscal 2019, we expect sales of current generation consoles from Microsoft and Sony to continue to be strong, with the installed base growing to 130 million consoles by the end of, the cal of calendar 2018, from 103 million at the end of calendar 2017. So he didn't break down the difference, but uh, we did know based on the numbers that PlayStation announced that they had passed 73.6 million units as of end of calendar 2017. So if you're to extrapolate that, um, you end up with about 30 million Xbox Ones. And that, that fills the gap out to mm -hmm. the 103 million. So that's the closest estimate we have to uh, so Xbox. A, a little over two to one. Little over two to one, yeah. Um, Honestly, that's not as bad as I thought. I thought it was gonna be closer to three to one. Jeez. I mean, two to one's a lot. Dude. That's a lot. It's a lot, and it's a big difference for this generation, uh, last generation Xbox 360 led PS3 uh, in the U.S. Most of, like most of the life cycle, uh, PS3 made up a lot of ground in via Japan and Europe, where it's always dominated. And overall lifetime, PS3 ended up doing higher numbers, but it was really pretty freaking close. So more than two to one is a pretty significant difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Microsoft one generation to the next. Yes, uh, and you know a lot of that I think is, you know, it's it's a multifaceted issue that I know Microsoft is doing their best to tackle at the moment. Uh, they obviously stumbled right out of the gate with the announcement. A lot of people refused to consider Xbox One at all after the the unveil and the concerns over always online and DRM and all that. And the Connect. And the Connect, who, which at first you couldn't get. Uh, an Xbox without it. Um, All these things that they ended up reversing, they said were irreversible. Connect, backwards compatibility. Those are like the two big, and the, and the always on DRM. Yeah, they're, like, the they're like, we can't, that's not, we can't change that. That they said they couldn't change, that shot them in the foot, that they went back on all three of them. Yeah, mind you, a lot of that came as well, not the DRM stuff, but a lot of, like the Connect changes came after Phil Spencer came on mm -hmm. and was like, Nah. I think he was also largely he was largely responsible for the backwards compatibility as well. He's a big believer in the backwards compatibility. If you listen to him uh, talk, he I in fact I think very much that when they talk about Xbox not necessarily being as generational as it used to be, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to have 
a next generation of hardware, but it means that the generation doesn't begin and end with the hardware. Mm -hmm. That next generation, you will still be able to play Xbox One games, Xbox 360 gotcha. games, original They're Xbox games. They're just like games, a new generation. Via backwards compatibility. On. Yeah, that that it, you don't have to leave your library behind when mm -hmm. you move on to a generation. Makes sense. They haven't been like really specific with their wording. They they talk very vaguely. Yeah, there's no need yet. That's what that's what it seems to me like yeah. they're going to be doing because they talk so much about the importance of backwards compatibility. It seems like they may be just trying to ride out this current generation cycle and trying to maybe correct the their wrongs next next time they're at the bat. Right, because I mean, if you think, so if it's been what, five years now? Has it been five years since Phil Spencer? No. No. It's been five years. I'm, wow, my, it's been five years since the, uh, almost five years now since Xbox One launched, because that came out in, was it, it was November, November 2013, 2013. Mm -hmm. and he took over, what, spring, was it spring 2014 or spring 2015? I'm trying to look that up. Um, I know he, um, he took over later, and it seems like a lot of the projects that he would have started spinning up. March would... 2014. Okay. So we're now... So four months after so the we're... launch of the Xbox One. It was pretty, yeah, it was pretty quick. Don Matrick was out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that kind of, you look at the number of years that it can take to spin up and develop a game project, and we're starting to get into the period of time where I would expect to see a lot of those. Mm -hmm. So either they're slow rolling some of them, they did spend extra time on pre-production, whatever, and they're gonna focus on that next generation, which is why the first party offering is a little slimmer than, uh, than, than PlayStation or I don't know, they've got to be doing some, I, I think they're smart enough that they're doing something behind the scenes that we're not seeing that they just haven't been talking about yet. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but Microsoft did offer a statement about the, the implied numbers from EA. Specifically, they said the projections are inaccurate regardless we're focused on delivering amazing gaming experiences to players on all devices and engagement is our measure of progress. We just announced a record start to the year with Xbox Live monthly active users up 13% to 59 million and said nothing about it. Why our. bother commenting on it then? Are they concerned about like investors looking at that number and making speculations? Like, um, I, you I, know, I it's, you, you go like, Microsoft, do you have anything to say? They can either be like, no, or try and tell their so story. Spin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So I think that's more what they're doing. So they just said they're inaccurate, but didn't say by how much all at right. all. By one. Like, I mean, in, right, there could, could be a very narrow margin they're inaccurate by, and they would still technically be correct. Yeah. So they're not acknowledging um, accuracy, but that's the the closest estimated numbers we've got so far from a, you know, a third party publisher. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something. And it is interesting. What do you want Microsoft to do? What do you, how, how do you want them, how do you want them to? I don't know, man. I just feel like if Scalebound was in a good place, I know, I know. It. I just love the concept. Yeah, um, I think they just need to move on and come up with a new piece of hardware and just forget the Xbox One ever happened. Basically, pull a switch. Mm -hmm. Do you think? Do you think they should keep branding Xbox? Absolutely. Yeah. Gonna have to, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're they're now even even PC stuff is Xbox. Play anywhere. You yeah. got your got your Xbox app on your uh, on your PC. That's how make, they're make pulling all that Make a game in. console that plays games and remove all the other stupid shit. Yeah, I don't know. I really like Netflix. I don't want to plug my fucking TV into my Xbox or... Just your oh, one, you mean you're like... Just your one your, piece of... Right. Your TV, gear you need. TV into... Yeah, like or that, remember they had the picture-in-picture picture shit and all that other stuff. Just make a box that plays fucking games. How about that? 
huh? Yeah, and th thankfully they've court they've done a lot of I think positive course corrections to focus yes. more on gaming. Yes. I do still like you know Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff on and like you know HBO. I watch all, pretty much all of that through my Xbox, but it would be great to play games on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. Remember, remember the core focus. Yes. The put core it focus. put it front and center. Um, and final news item of the day, um, you know Chris Avalon, former Obsidian developer, uh, he basically uh, came out recently and said um, he alleged that Obsidian, who also just released a new game, Pillars of Eternity 2, um, tried to almost it's like stop him from working on RPGs ever again. So specifically, um, he had a, an interview with RPG Codex where he said, um, let me see, where is the, the specific quote that I wanted to go for? Um, Realizing my family issues and the debts they're in, they did make an attempt to leverage that into a far more confining separation agreement that would remove my right to work on RPGs and my silence on all issues that could pertain to Obsidian or any other company they were involved with or the CEO had a percentage in. So, um, a zero radius, dark rock industries, and so on. This included an inability to critique games I'd worked on. Much of my critiques on my own games tend to be blunt and not being able to speak to them felt unnatural to me. So basically, they were trying to use leverage when he left the company to stop him working on the genre that he's known for, and also keep him quiet. And yes, uh, and it's a real bad look for Obsidian, dude. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think uh, I think gag agreements aren't super uncommon when it comes to separating from companies. Things like you can't disparage the company after you leave. Sure, they're not. You know, they're not great, uh, but they're. Regrettably common. Yeah, but the but like non-compete stuff, saying like, okay, you can't work on an RPG for six months, one thing, but like, not work on them ever. What's the what's the yeah. reasoning? That seems like like in perpetuity, you can't do what you do, right? Uh, because you worked here for a while, is absolutely uh, heavy-handed, and um, I think it's I think it's good that he talked about it. It's good to know, um, but he did say that there were some. Um, like some interesting, weird, indirect benefits. He said, uh, that attempt at leverage did cause me to reevaluate aspects of my life and realizing um, the debt was affecting the decision, I focused on working as hard as possible to make up for what they had tried to use to force the signature and then succeeded in doing that. So he basically like removed any leverage they might have had mm -hmm. um, by just like reevaluating what he was doing and what he was prioritizing. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then he, he basically remove their ability to do anything to him, which I think is a good thing for everyone. Be like, what are you trying to use as leverage? No. Hmm. No. Yeah, just bizarre. Not, not, like, not, like I said, not a good look for Obsidian. Not a well, good look for any uh, employer to be doing that. Well, because what it makes it seem like is that they have a lot of things that they want right. to hide. Right. You know, uh, and that's, that's where the concern is. Like, what's the, what's the implication? Mm -hmm. You know. They're not, not going to do anything wrong. It's just the implication. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know what skeletons are hiding in their closet. Right. But it makes you worried that there are skeletons. Right. Right. Now you're thinking about it. Now I'm thinking about it, and uh, it's a particularly bad time because Obsidian wants to, I'm sure, be in the press for all the right things because they've got a new game out, mm -hmm. and they want everyone to be focusing on that and how amazing it is. And you know, I mean, from from what I've experienced, it's really good. All the reviews are pretty good as well. They're they're agreeing so far. So I'll probably talk more about that next week when I've like had more time to really like dig in. I feel bad being like I've started it 
it's the best thing ever without yeah. spending more time, but it's pretty great. It's funny, uh, Obsidian, I'm looking at their Wikipedia entry here, they've, they have 15 games credited to them. I feel like they've done a lot more than that. It's great to see them just put into a list. Uh, 15 so, is a lot of games. 15 is a lot. It's a lot of games. I, I think of them as being way more prolific or way more... Um, they're, they're like a one-game studio, though, right? They work on yeah, one project at so. a time, so, I mean, you think two, three years a game? Like, mm -hmm. it's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, so, so it's 15 since 2014. Since 2014? Oh, sorry, sorry, since 2004. What? 2004. <laughs> I, I missed it. By 10 years off there. So that's that's still really... We, we put out a game a month. That's really, that, that's really pro prolific, though. That is it, like when you, It's not a smaller busy. studio, like... What's the list? Um, working backwards from oldest to newest, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Neverwinter Nights 2, then Neverwinter Nights 2, Mask of the Betrayer, and Storm of the Zahir, uh, Alpha Protocol, Fallout New Vegas, Dungeon Siege 3, which I <sighs> forgot about. Uh, Garbage pile. South Park, The Stick of Truth, Pillars of Eternity, then some uh, add-ons for that, The White March, uh, Armored Warfare, Pathfinder Adventures, Tyranny, and Pillars of Eternity 2, Dead Fire. So, a lot. Yeah. People are really liking POE 2. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of Obsidian's work. You know, they are also, uh, a lot of people hold them as the best Fallout game. Yeah, people love New Vegas. People love New Vegas. Mm -hmm. So I, I want the studio to be good and to do right by its developers. This makes me worry, but I guess I'm not going to panic until... Maybe they didn't intend for it to come off this way and they just chose the wrong dialogue option. <laughs> God damn it, Adam. Uh, nice. I think, wow. All right. All right, you know what? We're done here. That, it's, that's it. Where this is. It's great. We'll be back with another episode next week. God damn it, Adam. Bye. You're the worst.